Welcome to the Fix Your Watchers podcast, where I own Stefan. Our mission is to equip, encourage, and exhort individuals through apologetics, fellow prophecy, and discipleship while emphasizing the gospel message. Pray that you are blessed by today's episode. Welcome to End Times Chronology, Episode 5, where we're discussing the rapture and the gap. This is an exciting episode here on our podcast. Welcome, Io. How are you today? I am doing well, brother. And yeah, this is going to be exciting. It's been a long time coming. Yes, I am. Uh, I've been looking forward to this one as we continue in our series, End Times Chronology. Um, uh, and this is now our fifth episode in this series yeah. as we are getting ready for the big buildup of going through the book of Revelation, uh, which we are both uh, uh, very excited about. Mm-hmm. Correct. Well, um, before we get started, why don't you lead us in prayer? Yeah, sure. Uh, Father, we thank you for another week that we've gone through. Lord, we thank you for uh, bringing us to uh, the halfway point of the year. And now uh, June's almost over, Lord. So we just thank you for your grace. We thank you for your provision thus far. We just pray that you continue to guide Brother Stefan and I as we go through, uh, as we continue this series. We uh, strive to um, bless brothers and sisters in Christ and expand their knowledge of all prophecy, about what your word says about the last days from the rapture to eternity. So I just pray that you guide us as we talk about this. I pray that it's an encouragement and that uh, it serves to also uh, as, a, as a means to share the gospel to those who are listening and possibly have not trusted in your son yet for their salvation. So you just pray that you guide us, Lord, and that you use us as your mouthpiece to communicate uh, the message that you have for your children. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, when you're uh, praying and all of a sudden you remember something, oh, no, I, I forgot to turn off the do not disturb. <laughs> I got to turn it on. Turn yeah, off. yeah, turn it off. Yeah, while you're doing that, I'll just give a quick recap of the uh, previous episode. And actually, in pre- previous four episodes, because you guys know if you've been listening with us uh, for the past four episodes, we've been going through the different views of eschatology, preterism, the different millennial views. Last episode, we wrapped up on the various millennial views, why we don't believe in it. Um, and all of that was to basically start this foundation, the foundation being uh, talking about this uh, timeline from a pre-millennial, pre-trib view. So as we go through it, you already know if you listen to the four episodes that, hey, these guys believe these views and they're interpreting this timeline based on those views. Um, so yeah, so it's going to be good. Before we start, though, it's important to note that we'll be giving our best view of how this timeline goes. As we talk about some of these things, some of it are clear cut um, and some things are not so clear cut. And you'll even see that in this episode. Some of these things will might say, oh, you know, I haven't studied this in depth or oh, I have this view and Brother Stefan has this view or, you know, I don't really know, but these people say that. Um, and again, some other views are more clear cut. So we'll, we'll be sure to um, speak very clearly where the Bible speaks clearly and where the Bible doesn't really give us an answer. We'll be clear to say that as well and, and be clear to state where our opinions are. Um, so with that being said, why don't you start us off, uh, brother, with uh, the rapture, which is the first event here in this timeline. Yeah, so the first thing is when we talk about the rapture and the gap, what is the rapture? Um, I, I think I want to give you it from a quote because I want to give the experts a chance to talk about it. Yeah. In an article by Dr. Richard Mayhew, a dean at Master's Seminary, um, and he describes the manner in the rapture in this manner. It is an English noun verb, rapture. Uh, it comes from the Latin noun, uh, raptura, the verb rapio, which means, uh, to, in, the, in the Greek word, it's like harpazo, is that Greek word, that is used 14 times in the New Testament. Um, you've heard this before. Uh, it's a basic word 
it re means to remove suddenly or snatch away yeah. uh, to, or to be caught up. Uh, it is used in the New Testament in reference to stealing, plundering, like in Matthew 11, 12, uh, 12, 29, 13, 19, John 10, 12, 28, and 29. Mm -hmm. And removing John six fifteen Acts eight thirty nine, Acts twenty three ten and Jude, um, uh, chapter one verse twenty three, right? There is a third use which focuses on being caught up to heaven. It is used of Paul's third heaven experience in Second Corinthians twelve two and four, and Christ's ascension into heaven in Revelations twelve five. Uh, obviously, a harpazo is the perfect word to describe God suddenly taking up the church from the earth mm -hmm. to heaven as the first part of Christ's second coming. However, the term itself contains no hint of the rapture, time in relationship to Daniel's 70th week. In fact, this is all outlined by Dr. Richard Mayhew. Um, the rapture view is plainly seen in scripture, but the blindness to it seems to always be followed by hatred and name calling by those who deny the truth of scripture. And I want to say this for those who are in the pre-tribulation view, love should always be at the center of our biblical truth. Uh, Jesus is the center of our faith. And so love should be at the center of the Christ who is in us, the hope of glory, right? Yeah. We should always need to remember that um, we need to be ambassadors of reconciliation, uh, not ambassadors of strife. So when we're going to have people disagreements with people, we really need to demonstrate reconciliation and love, kindness, gentleness, the fruits of the spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's an important part of this discussion tonight. Yeah, yeah, and it's and that's very important to state because it's always I think it's always or I shouldn't say always, but it's mostly those who don't believe in the preacher view or we see that animosity come from. Um, so a lot of people who deny the preacher view, they say, they go as far as to say it's like a satanic conspiracy and whoever states the preacher view is going to hell. Um, so, I mean, we we both encounter things like that. It's it's very wild, but again, when you approach things like that, um, I try not to spend too much of my time with those kind of people that just kind of approach and love and be like, hey, brother, I'm not going to continue this conversation. You know, I'm just going to move on. Um, but yeah, but yeah, when we're out, we're going to talk about where is the rapture in scripture. And this is important because a lot of the times pre-rapture people are hit with the phrase, you're just a dispensationalist. You're getting that from dispensationalism. Um, IO, IO is clearly dispensational. I, I, I can't tell you if I am or not. And the reason why I can't tell you if I am or not is because most of my theology is from scripture. And so it just happens to be pre-trip. My dad was not a dispensationalist, but he was pre-trip. So I've never could understand that argument. So when we're looking at it, we're going to look at it from Scripture. Where's Where do we find it in Scripture? Well, the first verse that we're going to go to is John 14, 1 through 6. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except 
through me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? This is a great thing, and it and it. By the way, we know that the rapture is always followed by the resurrection of the dead. Resurrection of the dead precedes the rapture. Um, so, I what's a good verse on that? Yeah. So where we see that is First Thessalonians four thirteen eighteen. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, God will bring him those who bring with him, rather, those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of an archangel, and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, come for another with these words. So, uh, as we read that Thessalonians verse, you can kind of understand the rapture as like a two-part sequence. Because a lot of people remember the rapture as like, okay, believers get caught up and then they go to heaven, that's it. But it's very clear that the Lord actually uh, raises those who have already died in the Lord. So uh, previous saints who have already died and then throughout the church age, they're glorified, they're resurrected, they come back with the Lord and then we meet them uh, in the air. So the rapture is actually too a reunion of sorts in the air and then we go to heaven. Yeah, and, and it's clear from this passage that it follows the trumpet of God. Now, a lot of people have different views on the trumpet of God here, but this is clearly, uh, I think, important because uh, it's referring to the triune Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit there in that passage. So another verse that we have that, that clarifies that even more is 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. I want you to underline that in your Bible if you're listening to this podcast. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. So what does it mean? Some are dead, some are alive, mm-hmm. but we'll all be changed. Who? The ones who are believers. And how it will happen? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed once again first corinthians 15 51 to 52 yeah i uh, what does the last trumpet mean and why do people twist that away from the trumpet of god yeah so this this uh passage here is very contentious just because of the last trump because people who subscribe to a post wrath or rather a pre-wrath rapture so they state that oh we're going to go through the tribulation but before the bold judgments which are noted in revelation as the the where the wrath of God is complete, will be raptured out. And why they say that is because they look at this statement and they say, okay, the last trumpet, so that has to be the last uh, trumpet judgment, right? The seventh trumpet judgment. And that's that's not the context here that Paul's talking about. And then some people in the pre-trip camp will see this and they'll say, okay, you know, Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, it has to do with the trumpet, so therefore the rapture has to be on the Feast of Trumpets. Um, so that's also wrong view because when we say that, then we start putting a, pinning a date on the rapture, and we can't do that, right? Because no one knows the day or the hour. Um, so I believe strongly, and other people take this view as well, um, that what the last trumpet is there is just a reference to what Paul was saying in First Thessalonians 4, that Jesus Christ will come, you know, in the clouds for us uh, with the trumpet of God. So that's the trumpet it's referencing there, not the trumpet of Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, and not the seventh trumpet judgment there. So that's what I believe that's how I interpret it as in context if we look at these verses together. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, I think the one of the last things that we have is uh, that the rapture is an appearance. I uh, 
Um, it's not the second coming. It's separate in scripture because we see this word appearance. Could you give us an example of that? Yeah. So he, uh, so Colossians 3 verses 1 to 4 is something else we want to reference here. So that's if then you're raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you die and your, your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Um, so this verse kind of states what Brother Stefan was talking about. And then we can also just take what First Thessalonians and First Corinthians were saying as we look at what those what the rapture is and the events that correlate with it. And then we, if we go to Matthew 24, passages like that, and see how Jesus describes his second coming, those are totally different events. Uh, in Matthew 24, for example, he sends his angels out to, to gather the elect. Um, there's a lot of celestial events that happen. Uh, what, what Paul's talking about here, angels don't help him gather us. He comes. The, the believers who are dead, they come with them. We are alive, are caught up in the air. There's no angels in that process. Um, and yeah, there's no celestial events or anything like that. We're in the clouds. So there's very different events there. We can go on and on, um, but we have limited time here. But that's essentially uh, why some of the reasons why we believe the rapture and second coming are two different separate events. Yeah, absolutely. And the key part there is when Christ, who is our life, appears, mm -hmm. then you also will appear with him in glory. They'll appear in glory. So we're going into heaven. That's totally different than the second coming where we come from heaven. Yeah. From heaven to yeah. the ground. Exactly. Um, and I think that that's a, a real good thing to understand. Um, a, another good one is, is this the faithful church that loves is promised a rapture before the trial of the tribulation. Mm. Um, that verse would be Revelation 3, 10 through 11. Listen to this verse very carefully because I think it's important in your rapture theology. Because you have kept my commandments to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world, mm -hmm. okay, to test those who dwell on the earth, to, okay? So whole world on the earth, which I think is real important. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have that no one may take your crown. Why is that important? Because the crowns are what we're giving back to Jesus in chapter four, uh, which and 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 at the bema seat judgment, we're giving back our crowns. We're saying, Lord, you are worthy. We're not worthy, and gee, we give our crowns, not have someone take our crowns, and that's real important there um, to understand. I owe. What's another verse? Um, and and would you want to add anything to that? By the way, no, I think you said it well. Um, so I think that's important verse to look into as well just that promise of the believer not being in that time period in that whole hour of tribulation that'll be testing the whole world and this will actually be the verse this last verse we'll be referencing here is just a similar promise to that so this is first thessalonians 5 verses 8 to 10 but let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet the hope of salvation for god did not appoint us to wrath but to obtain salvation through our lord jesus christ who died for us that whether we take our sleep, we shall live together with them. So this is a verse often quoted by people who believe in a preacher of rapture. Uh, they say that, okay, we won't go through tribulation because of tribulation. The whole period of time is God's wrath. And because we're promised not to uh, face any of God's wrath at all, we will not be within that period. So that's another promise similar to Revelation 3, verses 10 to 11. So to make that real clear, we're going to be kept from the hour of trial mm -hmm. uh, that is upon the whole world for those who dwell on the earth, right? 
Yep. It's not for those who are dwelling in heaven. It's for those who are dwelling on the earth. So we, the believers, we kept from that trial on the earth. Yeah. And then, as you pointed out, um, it is a wrath, and we're not appointed to wrath. We're not appointed to wrath. Okay. So that's yep. real clear. That's why we believe in rapture. Those two verses alone are two great witnesses along with all the other ones we gave you. Yeah. Uh, where we see the rapture in, in Scripture. Okay. So what what is this judgment seat of Christ, Io? Yeah, so after the rapture, we believe that the next event on the timeline is the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, now, some people might kind of put this yeah, maybe farther in the timeline or whatever. Uh, the main point here is sometime after the rapture, we'll be in heaven and we'll face the judgment seat of Christ. Or or other others call it the Bema Seat judgment. Um, so what that is, is basically a judgment of our works on earth. So everything we've done after salvation in our bodies in this life right now. Uh, we will basically have to give account for. Uh, so we see that in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. Um, so it's not a judgment for salvation. So we won't go in heaven and we won't be judged and just will say, oh, you did these these bad things and he's not going to you know, rip the carpet of salvation from underneath us. So we won't be judged based on salvation. We won't lose our salvation, but we will either gain rewards or lose rewards. So there's the opportunity to gain rewards. Um, but in terms of what scripture says concerning the rewards, it doesn't speak too deeply about it. Um, we know, for example, in some passages it talks about or alludes to, um, based on how you, uh, take care of your talents. There's a parable of the talents and we see that some of the servants who are good, um, who got a, a good return on their talents or their investment. And Jesus says, okay, you'll rule this many cities. So possibly ruling and ruling with Christ in terms of how many cities or, or the degree of reigning with Christ, that might be a part of the reward. We'll all rule with Christ during the millennial reign of Christ and then eternity, but to the degree of that for each believer, that might be different. Um, but what uh, Scripture clearly speaks to in terms of rewards, though, are five different crowns. So there are the imperishable crown. We read that in 1 Corinthians 9, 24-25. The crown of rejoicing, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 19. The crown of righteousness, 2 Timothy 4, 8. The crown of glory, that's in 1 Peter 5, verses 2 and 5, uh, 2, 2, 5, and the crown of life, James 1, verse 12. Um, so those are the clear gifts or the clear um, rewards that we see from Scripture. Um, so we believe again, it's rapture, and then judgment seat of Christ. And then after that, there is this gap period of time. Um, so uh, a lot of people believe that after the rapture, the tribulation starts. And that's not the case at all. What actually triggers the tribulation, which we'll talk about later, is the confirming of the covenant. We see that in Daniel 9, 27. Um, so we just have to make sure we, we keep that clear. Um, so based on that understanding, it's very clear that it seems like after the rapture, before the tribulation, there's some gap of time. Um, I believe that uh, scripture isn't too clear on that gap. Some believe it can be weeks, days, months, years. Absolutely. But others believe it could be actually decades. And uh, Pastor Ladison to a lot, who some of you guys know, Dr. Annie Woods, he actually talks about that. He quotes pastors and preachers from, you know, the 1910s, 1920s, who actually held to views that there was like 50 years of a gap. And I know, brother, that you kind of lean that way as well to some degree. So do you want to talk about that view a little bit more? Yeah, look, um, there is definitely a gap in between the rapture and the tribulation. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I hold to the 40 years view, yeah. um, but I'm not arguing that it can't be 10 years or, um, because we don't know. It's not clear. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Some people get the 10 years from, um, revelation where it talks about, um, a 10 year tribulation, uh, in to the church 
to the first uh, seven churches there. Um, but I lean towards 40 years because, uh, and the way I correlate it is this, when Jesus was born, there was a gap in between Jesus' birth and Jesus's ministry. And in the prophecies of the Old Testament concerning Jesus, you see the fulfillment of Jesus being born, but then there's this gap of nothing that takes place until Jesus starts his ministry. And then Jesus starts fulfilling things like mm. healing the blind, raising the dead, the lame walk, uh, taking a donkey into Jerusalem, uh, getting crucified. All these things were fulfillment, but there was a 30-year gap. Uh, in this case, I think the gap is going to be close to 40 years. Now, there were some people that were arguing, wait a moment, um, it's 70 years. Uh, I don't buy that because this is an unrighteous time generation. It's an unrighteous generation. And 40 years was always for unrighteous generations. So that's why I lean towards 40 years, somewhere between 10 and 40 years on there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interview. Before I get into that, though, earlier you said uh, 10 years. Did you mean, uh, when reference to the churches, do you mean 10 days? I think the scripture was like, they'll be thrown in jail or something for 10 days. The Ten, yeah, they'll be thrown in trial, and many people look at that as not say, ten years. Okay, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah. Because yeah. it's like ten year tribulation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, it's a seven year tribulation, but that they're there. But they look at a ten, ten year gap. Okay, yeah, ten year gap gotcha. in between. That makes sense. Okay, just wanted to clarify from my understanding. Gotcha. Yeah, in terms of what you're saying, um, it was funny because um, before we actually went on uh, and started recording this, uh, I was talking to Brother Stefan about his view on on the forty years and everything, and I didn't quite understand it. And then he explained it to me that way in terms of Jesus ministry. I was like, oh, I get it. That's like this other thing pastors say. So another way to put what Brother Stefan said is uh, another way people look at this is they say something called the the mountain peaks of prophecy. Essentially, as we look at the prophets in the Old Testament, they prophesy about the first coming of Christ, and they prophesy about the second coming of Christ. And sometimes we even see that they prophesy about those things in the same sentence, in the same uh, paragraph, in the same chapter, and they speak of it as if it's there's no time gap between them. Um, but as we obviously we're, we see the New Testament, now we're in the church age, we understand that, well, between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ, there's this huge gap. So that's where those mountain peaks of prophecy are, the, that the prophets saw the peaks of the mountains, the first coming, second coming, but they didn't see the valley, that church age gap. So that example is just kind of translating to this example of, okay, there's the rapture and we know there's a tribulation, but you don't see much of, of anything in terms of that gap there, uh, although we don't see it plainly spelled out in scripture, we can make an inference that, okay, there will be this gap there. So those are just two examples uh, to illustrate that. And we hope that makes sense to you guys. So some of events, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, so after the the rapture and in the Bema Sea judgment and all, all that, what would you say is the next thing that that's going to come in line? Yeah, I think the next thing that comes in line is deception. Post-rapture deception. And this is something that a lot of us look into. It's something that a lot of us talk about. And I know you and me, we've talked about UFOs a lot. UFOs has been, you know, really heavily pushed the mainstream media recently. Um, so I believe, and others as well, believe that it's likely that after the rapture, uh, that it's going to be lied away somehow, right? I think it would be too easy for the rapture to happen and no government body or nobody take advantage of that to say, no, 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 it's not the rapture. Uh, it's, it's something else. I think that's going to be lied away somehow. And I think the UFO deception could be that, that, oh, wait, no, just has not come for uh, the the true Christians. What actually happened with they were abducted by aliens. And for, okay. Yeah. yeah. This is an excellent point. No, no. Yeah. This is an excellent point that you're bringing up because 
I, I think that a lot of people who don't understand the rapture view, the preacher rapture view, they call this a secret rapture, right? It's not a secret. Everyone's going to know it happened. Yeah. What's going to be the 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 cause effect is that everyone's going to deny it. It's going to be like like they're going to turn it into a giant conspiracy theory, and and the conspiracy theory lie is going to outweigh the truth of what actually took place. It, wouldn't that be a better way of saying it? Yeah, yeah. I think I could agree with that. Yeah, because again, the, the, there's going to be some type of narrative, whatever it is, um, to whisk it away right to brush it on the rug that no it's not the rapture it's not bible prophecy happening it's you know aliens taking them um i know we talked about bill salas's book earlier as well a few days ago concerning because there's there are different views about what the deception possibly could be um i know in bill salas's book if you guys know bill salas he he did a fictional series called i think one is called road to tribulation or something road to revelation i forgot what the other one was called but in his book he kind of takes a different take on it i think he I forget if he uses the UFO deception, but the big part of the deception there is marrying apparitions, which is very interesting. I don't think anybody really takes that approach. So his view is kind of that, uh, you know, right now there's marrying apparitions around the world. Uh, the Catholic Church have like substantiated like 16 or so of those apparitions. And those apparitions are basically, they claim that Mary has appeared in our world and gave different commandments and gave different, you know, oratories and things like that. She's spoken to people. There's Lady of Fatima, Lady of Guadalupe or Guadalupe. Um, but yeah, and then in his book, basically that's that's just demonically enhanced, that this this apparitions are, are shown and they're basically lying to the world that, oh no, you know, uh, the rapture didn't happen. It's just our lady, beloved Mary, just took them into her loving embrace and they're just being, you know, re-educated or whatever until they're brought back to the earth. So it's really weird. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. But if you think this UFO thing is crazy, I have three quotes here that I just want to read to you quick. Um, from New Agers, actually. Um, so one of them is from the channeler Thelma Terrell. And channeler, uh, these be people who they call themselves channelers, they they claim that these quote-unquote right. aliens or ascended masters, that we believe it's demonic, that they, they communicate to them through channeling, that those beings are using their body to communicate a message or to write down a message, which we would say is demonic. Um, but she writes in her book, Project World Evacuation, here's a quote here. She says, The great evacuation will come upon the world very suddenly. The flash of emergency events will be as lightning that flashes in the sky, so suddenly and so quick in its happening that it is almost over, or uh, that it is over almost before you're aware of its presence. So that has a lot of like vibes from what we just read concerning Thessalonians, right? Um, so the other quote here from her, is there is a method in great organization, a detailed plan already, near completion for the purpose of removing souls from this planet in the event of catastrophic events, making a rescue necessary. So now she's alluding to catastrophic events in, in line with this with this event of millions of souls disappearing off the earth, which we would call, uh, first of all, the rapture, and then the tribulation period that follows. And this last quote here by Timothy Green Beckley from his book, Psychic and UFO Revelations in the Last Days, uh, not a believer, he's a, he's a psychic, he's a New Ager. Um, his quote is, many of the New Age workers and instructor, instructors who feel that they'll be taken will not be taken right away, but left behind to help mankind survive through the cataclysmic period. That is their mission. So in that quote kind of twists, it says that, no, no, those, those people that left, it's kind of a bad thing, actually. It's good that you're here because you have a mission, you have a purpose, and your purpose is to help through the cataclysmic period that's coming. 
So as we read these quotes, guys, um, and I actually want to read another quote from you. This is by Olivier Melnick. I stumbled upon this in an article um, posted by Harbinger's Daily Today. The article is, Tribulation is coming, but you don't have to go through it. He says, and he believes the same thing too, there might be a UFO deception. He says, in the beginning, things might appear to be under control on planet Earth. It's very likely that news and government agencies will hide the sudden disappearances of millions of people behind the cloak of alien abduction. So as crazy and conspiratorial as this may sound, um, we're seeing the narrative already laid out, essentially. Um, I'm not quoting from these New Agers saying that, okay, what they're saying is gospel truth. All I'm saying is that this is what they believe they're being channeled, essentially, by these, you know, demonic spirits would say. Um, they're being sold this narrative that one day in the future, millions of people will disappear, but it's already being spun in a certain way. So the narrative is already here. So whether it's UFOs, whether it's quote-unquote mother earth purging people who couldn't, you know, uh, attain the next spiritual state or whatever, uh, we believe that there will be some type of deception that comes after the tr after the rapture. Yeah, I, and I would say that, that those are all real things that are going to happen. Um, absolutely, uh, and it's it's really going to be deception, mm -hmm. as you said it very clearly. Uh, another event that may take place is going to probably be the Magog invasion. However, I will say this. There are some pre-trib people, and I'm kind of on the fence on this one, that um, the Ezekiel 38 war actually ushers in the rapture. So it's in the midst of it. It's when yeah. God says the whole world will know uh, that I am Lord. It will be because of the rapture. Um, and that makes sense with some of the quotes you read. What's the disaster that takes place? The Ezekiel 38 war, um, missiles launching everywhere. It's going to be kind of crazy. Um, another one that I thought I'd run through real quickly um, because we are short on time. It's just a couple of quick events that are going to happen. And this is from page 10 of Bill Salas's book. We've been mentioning them all night long. Um, this is from his, his book called The Now Prophecies. Uh First one that's going to happen is the Elam prophecy. It's a disaster about Iran, and that's found in Jeremiah 49, 34 through 39. Another one is the destruction of Damascus. Uh, we find that in Isaiah 17, Jeremiah 49, 23 through 27. Another one is the toppling of Jordan needs to take place. Uh, and this is in that gap period in between the rapture and the tribulation. Um, that's found in Jeremiah 49, 1 through 6. Zephaniah 2, 8 through 9. Another one is um, territorization of Egypt, right? Um, Isaiah 19, 1 through 18. Uh, and this is a powerful one uh, that the Antichrist is going to conquer and hold cities and all that in Egypt. Uh, Psalm 83 may have some play. Once again, a lot of people believe Psalm 83 happens before Ezekiel 38. I actually buy into that more. Um, and then you have the rebuilding and the groundbreaking of the third temple mm -hmm. uh, that needs to take place. That's important. Uh, the expansion of Israel territories. This is found in Obadiah 1, 19 through 20, Jeremiah 49, 2, and Zephaniah 2, 9. And then you have the rise of the exceedingly great Israeli army. The Israeli army has become bigger than it actually is. Um, and that is Ezekiel 37, 10. Uh, 25.14 and Obadiah 1.18 and then you have um, this point where Israel needs to be absolutely safe uh, where Israel has to dwell without partition walls and security fences which right now it's not living as 
And that's found in Ezekiel 38, 11. And in wealthier Israel, um, it has to be so wealthy that the the nations of the world need to come and want to plunder it, uh, as is mentioned in Ezekiel 38, 13. So I think these are some major things. Um, but we also have some other things that uh, we can bring up, like, for example, um, the rebuilding of Babylon. Why don't you tell us about that, Ayo? Yeah, as some of you guys know, um, we believe in a literal Babylon, literal fulfillment of Babylon, that Babylon is Babylon. It's not New York. It's not the U.S. or whatever. But it will be Babylon rebuilt in Iraq and Shinar. Um, so we believe that it's likely that if that were to happen, that it'll be within this gap that this building process starts. Um, but I also you know, believe that, hey, because the Bible doesn't really define when this rebuilding will take place, it could be something that, who knows, we might witness in our time while we're still here before the rapture. So whether it's now before the rapture, whether it's in this gap, we believe it's going to take place during that time. Um, because as we read Revelation 17 and 18 specifically, uh, Babylon takes a high precedence in, uh, during the tribulation period. Um, so that's very important. And we also know that during this time in general, there's just going to be utter chaos. So I know that for sure, after the rapture, you know, people who um, take office or take high positions in government, um, just the daily citizen, things like that, uh, they have their place within the economy, within just society in general. And if millions of people are gone, just like that, who's going to pay their house payments? Who's going to uh, run the different parts of government or different parts of companies? So society around the world is going to fall into chaos, fall into shambles. That's going to lead to increase in lawlessness, lead to the collapse of the economies around the world. And that's going to, you know, create a system, create a, a, a condition within the world where then the Antichrist can come be that man of peace and bring the answers the world is looking for. Yeah, these are all great points. Now, we're not even done. Yeah. Uh, we are out of time for this podcast. Um, so we will continue this in the next End Times Chronology. We will uh, start off on one of the other big ones is the mm -hmm. one world religion has to yeah. take place. But we will highlight that for you on our next End Times Chronology podcast. So look for it. Hey, we do want to tell you some exciting things that we really appreciate. Number one, um, we have, uh, as we announced the last podcast, uh, we're on Twitter. Uh, we are growing mm -hmm. and we wanted to tell you, thank you so much. Uh, we have, uh, the, the number of subscribers is staggering. We're seeing huge amounts of people going onto the website, checking out the show notes, uh, everything on there. And so we just want to remind you, as always, if you're a new listener to the podcast, um, you can follow us on Facebook, uh, like us, uh, share us, Telegram, Instagram. We'd love to have you uh, message us on Instagram um, and Twitter. We're even on on Trump's Truth Network. So uh, <laughs> we are. Uh, if you didn't know that. Barely talk um, about you can, that one. <laughs> yeah, we never talk about that one. But yes, you, you can follow us on the truth. And, um, but we just wanted you to know that, and you can see us on our website at figtreewatchers.com. That's www.figtreewatchers.com. So please, um, check out the post, like them, and please leave a comment. We love it when you leave a comment because quite frankly, the majority of the comments we get are spam. So we love <laughs> That's to see true. some good comments on there. Yeah. The problem uh, having a blog. Yeah. 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 It's spam malicious, you know? Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Anyways, um, we love you guys so much and, and wanted to share that with you. But one more thing. You may be thinking about this rapture and everything we talked about here, and you may be going, this is a little weird. This is kind of crazy mm. that you're talking about this. 
the reason why we're talking about it is the importance of the gospel. I what is the gospel? Yeah, the gospel is elaborated to us clearly in First Corinthians 15 that Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day. Uh, so our admonition or encouragement to you after listening to us, if you're if you're listening to this and you've never believed on Jesus, if you don't even know what the gospel is, what the rapture is, you know, UFOs and, and you know, Marian apparitions and Babylon, well, what's all this? We want to leave you. The main thing we want to leave you with is the gospel. We're talking about all these things uh, to share Christ with you. We want to encourage you uh, to believe on Christ. He died for your sins. Um, we were all fallen. We're all human. We're all fallen. Um, and because we are fallen, because of uh, coming from Adam and Eve, um, everything that we do is sin. It goes against God's law. And because he's perfect, he has to judge that sin. But because he's love, he sent his son to die on the cross to take the punishment for that sin. So if you believe in him, you won't go through the terrible time period we're talking about. Um, but even then, we know that life is a vapor, the Bible says. So tomorrow you might not even see, you know, it might not even open your eyes tomorrow. So our exhortation to you is to believe on Christ now um, and to have the hope that, yeah, you will not go through this terrible time period, but even if you were to breathe your last today, you'll go up in glory and meet your sir, your Lord, your creator. So that's our encouragement to you. And message us if you want to talk more about how to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. And uh, we pray for you always. Pray for us, please. And uh, we want to say God bless you, everyone. And thanks for listening to this podcast. Share it with someone else who needs Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Good night, everyone. See you guys later.